welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Paws and Presto. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome everyone, and welcome to Fanny Slave, the certified money coach who's with us tonight to talk all things money which is uh really interesting now before i met you or or actually heard your name mentioned i didn't realize there were such things as money coaches so maybe uh, you can introduce yourself and let us know what a money coach is okay so hello everybody lovely to i've spoken to quite a few of you over the last few months and if i haven't spoken to you then maybe i should Anyway, we can talk about that. So, my, yeah, I'm Fanny Snaith. I'm what's called a certified money coach, which means I'm trained in everything. So I've been money coaching for about seven years. Um, what do I do? I focus on helping you get wealthy. I focus on helping you bring your dreams and goals around money to fruition. I help you work out what's keeping you away from being wealthy, which is usually stuff that's going on between your ears. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't sell products and services. But what I do do, do do, and we're going to be talking about this, is I try to encourage you to start your financial adventure. And to go on a financial adventure, you or go on any adventure, you're going to need a map, compass, you're going to be fit and motivated. And of course, you're going to need a destination. So working with you individually or as a couple or even in a group I um, entice you to start your financial adventure. That's a really good question actually what's stopping you from being wealthy? That's right yeah that's a really good that's a really interesting question I think I reckon the people listening to this will throw up all kinds of excuses and thoughts and some might go, oh, I can't, I'll never be wealthy. I can't be wealthy. I'm, I'm not wealthy. It's all- yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I love this. This is like, it's, and it's really quite controversial. So they say that, what, one or five, let's, I don't know exactly what the figure is, 5% of people in the company have got 95, in the, in the world have got 95% of the wealth. And there's all the, socialist type people out there which is just fine right or making things a bit more equal they say you know you've got to tax the rich more and you've got this but there is a really 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 strong argument that says that let's say for instance we took all the wealth from the wealthy people and spread it around the world gave it all out equally it would all end up back in the rich people's pockets anyway why is that because it's about the mindset rich people rich people you know wealthy people with a wealthy mindset so you can see all the people dropping off now, off, off, not listening to her. Seriously, though, seriously, if you think about it, you give you uh, wealth is generally a mindset, first and foremost. And I know this for a fact from working with over 3000 people in my time as money coach. And it really is about um, keeping it people who don't have wealth on their mind will won't save won't spend will spend as much money as they have anyway and they'll just keep on the hamster wheel of life 
And it's when you start getting into that wealth mindset, whereby you start investing and you start saving money for the future, and you actually start recognizing that you do deserve to be wealthy. Everybody deserves to be wealthy. And I don't mean like boats and airplanes and all that kind of stuff, but wealthy enough so that you don't have to worry about money. Everybody can do that. There's enough money for every single person on the planet to become a millionaire. Wow. That's true, right? And, and, you know, I mean, let's face it, the half of the, well, quite a few countries just keep on printing it. So that's getting truer and truer by the day. What's uh, what's quite interesting is obviously they say money leads to money, but um, I've heard before that people say poverty is handed down from your parents and things like that. Absolutely. And that's all a mindset, right? Hmm. It is a mindset. It's it's honestly, and they what who wants to say money makes money and the money makes money makes money. The money that money makes makes money. And I've like I said, I've spoken to a number of your people in your in your tribe, and they're out there making really good money. Mm. But the mindset is just not in the in that same ballpark. You're out there earning money because you're delivering a really fantastically valuable service that people are recognizing and appreciative for. But, you know, it's um, it's like walking around, it's like putting putting a whole load of money into a bucket that hasn't got a got a bottom. And it's quite interesting as well. Was it um, COVID has kind of highlighted how much money people save? How well, how much, how little um, money people save? And was it? I can't remember the actual statistic, but if you withdrew your your income, yeah. many people only had a few weeks to sort of live yeah, or yeah. like money to live off. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of statistics around that, and the fact that you know people, the average person in England has got something like they could they could probably last three weeks mm. on the money that they've got, which is yeah, it's a bit it is a bit scary, but it, it's a mindset. It is a mindset, I promise you, and I know it's a mindset because. I've coached all sorts of people, but if I think about coaching the wealthy people, people who are actually earning really good money, who are just sort of living on that hamster wheel of life, like this, like that, they can manage millions of pounds at work. And yet when it comes kind of comes to their own home life and their own fi- family finances. <laughs> yes, I've certainly dealt with um, a very sad story actually of someone like that who was a, a London, a very wealthy London banker on in in the open. Everyone thought he had lots of money, but actually couldn't didn't have any money whatsoever and ended up in some tragic circumstances. But yeah, you're right, you know, we we can deal with money at work and, and we can have money coming in, but do we know how to deal with it personally? So and also let's not let's not forget that you nobody's really been taught. No. You know, it's not really, you know, get, get taught about it at school. We're supposed to do, we're supposed to understand about it. And if we, you know, we, it's all very well. People go, well, money's just a tool, you know. It's just a tool that we all use. I mean, that's a load of old crap, isn't it? Because it, it, I mean, it is a tool, but we attach all this emotion to it. And actually, if you think about money, we blame it for so many things. We give, we put the, if I had more money, oh, well, you know, if I had that, then that would work. Or it's my parents' fault because they didn't teach me this. Or we we blame money for so many things. But actually, it's not the money. It's how we 
view the exchange of money. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, right? Because that's where all the emotion is. That's where all the, the those are where the blocks are on the the crossover of money either going to or cut or coming, you know, coming or going. Yeah, and, and I think we see this as well with um, the industry, the pet grooming industry, where people are concerned about asking for money and asking for more money um, for their services. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very common. It, it's really, it's really common. And you know, you have. I'm sure there are some people on this call tonight, or who might watch it, have been sucked into some of these five-day online challenges, you know, five-day online challenges to work out how to do sales and marketing and things for your business. And at the end of it, you know, they've, they've been got all this fantastic value. And then they're wanting to go on this sales course and it's cost going to cost them 20 grand. And it's like, really? That's a lot of money it is. to do that. It is. But, it's, but money is a really interesting subject and I, I love it. We're just going to take a quick break to mention our sponsor, Paws and Presto. Our pet grooming business uses Paws and Presto towels and have found them to be more absorbent when drying dogs, quicker to wash, quicker to dry, and they take up less room in the salon. They also weigh less than normal towels when wet and come in a wide range of colours. To find out more, visit pawsandpresto.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. So should we kick it off with the, the, um, the eight money mindsets? I think let's go back a little bit further, if I may be so bold. Of course you can. And think about, um, let's think about, rather than just going into the money mindsets, we've got, if we take money as a whole, mm-hmm. it's we can divide the, 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 divide the whole idea about money up into two things, how we think and feel about it and what we do with it. And our money mindset is going to come from our parents, our role models around us, which obviously were our parents, but also teachers and culture and maybe television shows and all that kind of stuff, aunties, uncles, maybe grandparents, et cetera. So when we're little, we're up to about the age of seven, it's been proven that actually everything that we're told and that we see and that we hear and we experience and everything, we accept as the truth. Just absorb it. We absorb it. So I don't know about you, but I had, I am, um, my parents and my family life in my early years was an interesting bag. <laughs> but I know full well that my mum was a spender and my father was somebody, he would write everything down. Wendy spent this, Alan spent that. He had a book with the columns, you know, I spent that as well. And then they'd have to divvy it all up and all that sort of thing. Um, And I know that I inherited part of both of those things from my parents. So I think it's really important that we think about what we learned and what we saw and what we experienced as as a child because it's going to be those those things, those messages, etc. They're going to form our beliefs and form what we call our financial blueprint. We all have a, a blueprint, a personality blueprint, which are the real core foundations of our beliefs. I mean, if you've had a pet, both of your parents saying they're going, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, we can't afford that, we can't do this, we can't do that. That's going to be 
in in bred in you. I started working with a couple this week, and one of the guys of the couple um, was brought up in quite a poor household. You know, single mum, twins, housing a council estate in London. You know, it was quite tough times. I mean, the guy now is earning. Sometimes he earns eight grand a month, and he still doesn't think he has enough money. <laughs> Because it's just ingrained into his into his messaging. So how does all this manifest itself? So if you think about, try and think about what you believe, what you see here, and what you what comes up in your mind when you think about money. It's quite a good exercise to go. Money is what comes into your mind that minute. Money is a joy. Money is I hate money. Money is trouble. Money is uncomfortable. Money is scarce. Mm. You know, how does it come in? How does it come into your mindset? And also to just think about writing your money story down. So all the clients I work with, I encourage them to write their money story. So you get like a, a word template and one for each year of their lives. And just when you remember things, just tap them into this template because it can really show you the kind of patterns and um, and the language and the feelings and the beliefs that you've had over your life. And actually, when you do have beliefs and feelings, you will find that they come into subconscious patterns. I can give you an example, a couple of examples of this. There was one lady who turned up in one of my groups in the morning and she said, oh, you know, Fanny, I'm feeling really stressed this morning. Um, I've applied for this um, government grant. This was during lockdown. She goes, but I know I'm not going to get it. And I was like, OK, that's interesting. Why do you think that? And she said, well, I never I always miss out on things. I never get stuff. You, it's true. You can ask my husband. And I went, whoa, whoa, that's a really interesting belief that you have around money. Where did that come from? She goes, I know exactly where it came from. And I said, what? She goes, when I was 18, I missed out on an inheritance. And I went, ah. she goes, yeah. And it's like, I just noticed I always miss out on stuff. And I said, well, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to think about this a little bit more and go back further and see if you can find a first time when you felt that you missed out on something. Because this is just like obviously a thing with you. You're telling me, you telling me it's a thing. So let's find out where it starts from. So we were we carried on chatting in the group and all of a sudden she just burst out. She went, I know where I know. I know where it came from. I know where it came from. And I said, tell me, she said, when I was five years old, five years old um, my grandma gave me a beautiful silver locket she said I absolutely loved it really liked it and I was sitting looking at this locket she said and then I overheard my mum in the kitchen complaining to her friend saying why did she get only get a silver wallet where her cousin got a gold one <laughs> why did where do we why haven't we got the gold one why does she only get the silver one? Why does she? Go? And that's when the seed is planted. Yeah. You know, and that belief of like she missed out on things will have happened again. And we went through actually through her money story. She goes, oh, my God, I just have this belief that I miss out on stuff. But it's not actually true. I can I can I can visualize my my kind of little money journey from. Um, being a kid and and remember my parents sort of checking the check stubs and ticking off their 
their statement. And then I had a fear around credit cards when I was around 18, 19. I'd spend money on the credit card, then panic and get my wife Emma to pay it off for me. Um, and then it all changed when I came up with a spreadsheet to track it all. And then I... Did you get your wife to pay off your credit card? Why? Because she had savings. <laughs> oh, I see. You needed her to do it financially because you spent yeah. it. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, they can be pretty scary, credit cards, when you haven't been used, had taught how to use them. Yeah, that's it. And then I found the spreadsheet. I, I, I came up with a spreadsheet and started writing stuff down and, and working it out. And it's like, ah, oh, it took some of that stress away. You're quite a spreadsheety kind of a guy. Can be, yeah. Yeah. That's because the thing is, not everybody is, you see. You know, and it's that that it can be it can be tricky when people aren't, you know, that they sort of like just not really into into that data collection. It can be tr quite tricky. But, you know, but these beliefs, they're really, really important. Anyway, getting on to the money times. So when I started as a money coach before I had done my training as a at the Money Coaching Institute, um, I just, I'd always been pretty good with my money on a practical level. The reason I've been pretty good with my money on a practical level is because I, um, through fear, basically, because uh, money, quick money story, mum had been married and divorced three times by the time I was 12. Mm. Uh, my dad left when I was one. And it, basically, my mum inherited a load of money. We were pretty wealthy. My dad couldn't cope with it. You know, he was writing everything down in columns. Mum wanted to spend it just went horribly wrong. And they split up. Second stepfather was was not a very nice piece of work. So mum decided to pack my sister and I off to boarding school um, to get, out, get us out of the house. I was seven then and spent three years there in an environment where people were very rich and we weren't in on that level. Mm -hmm. And that didn't do much for my self-worth and self-esteem. Then he went, that husband disappeared. And then mum mum married her bank manager. <laughs> and literally a year into the marriage, he was blackmailed and gave all of our money away, like all of it. And uh, we had to come out of boarding school pretty quickly. And I moved, went to the local comprehensive state school, joined the free school meals queue, which was like weird. And I remember at the age of 10, just making this intent, setting this intention of that I was never going to be beholden to anybody for money ever again and that I was going to become a millionaire. And that was my that was my intention, probably the most important financial decision that I ever made. I didn't have a strategy and I didn't have a plan, but on a practical level, I was pretty good at work uh, managing my money. In fact, I thought I was pretty bloody good. <laughs> and it was only when I started coaching people thinking, well, I can, you know, I need to get a different career. I'll start teaching people how to manage their finances. And people would come to me and I was suddenly thinking, well, what the hell is the matter with you? Why aren't you listening to me showing you this fantastic spreadsheet? Why aren't you, why aren't you doing this? And they, you know, so it was then that I went to the Money Coaching Institute, learned much, much more about the psychology of money and what goes on in our brains, realized that I was a complete tyrant when it comes to money, which is one of the eight money types, controlling, manipulative, secretive never enough, never enough, always got to have more, 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 really horrible. And um, learned about all the psychology of money and the eight money types was one of the tools that I learned there. And it's absolutely brilliant. And it's a really good guide 
framework to encourage us to be the best we can possibly be with money. And I've taken it a little bit further in the fact that we talked about the financial adventure. So we need a map, a compass, fit and motivated and the destination. Well, the journey that we're going to take, the adventure we're going to take is on a bus. So we're going to put the eight money types as passengers on the bus. And the question I ask my clients when we're starting this adventure is, which one of the money types is at the wheel? Which one's driving you? Which one's driving? Because there's a famous quote by a, a lady writer called Ayn Rand, which goes like this, and it goes, money is simply a tool, and it will take you wherever you wish to go, but it will not replace you as the driver. So the eight money types are a bunch of eight characters who all behave very differently when it comes to money. Do you want me to run through them quickly? Yeah, let's do it. Have we got... Do we have all eight or do we normally identify with one or two or? Well, that is a very good question. Let me share, let me share my screen. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's all set up. <laughs> Natalie just said you've you've been through and seen both sides of the coin, as in you've gone through the, the boarding school and then you went oh, to the normal school, they... normal school, and the, the free school meals queue and I've been, I have been very happy, rich, very sad, rich. I have been very happy, poor, and I have been sad, poor. Mm. Life is a roller coaster. <laughs> da, na, na, na. Mad, silly people. So if I share my screen, what about that? Can you see that? It's loading up. There you go. Look at that. So the money types, the really important thing to remember about the money types is that unlike a lot of the quizzes that you do, the personality quizzes online, the money types are not who you are. They're where you are. So it's dynamic. So again, like I was saying before, we've got eight passengers on this bus and we all have the eight money types within us. So You've got them, Bill. I've got them. All the people listening, they've all got them. Got the same money types within them. It's almost a bit like a cast of a play. And it's going to be which one is going to take the leading role at any moment. But instead, what we're going to talk about is have them on the bus. Because mm -hmm. on the bus is how you're driving your financial life. And people take the money type quiz, which is on my website, which, by the way, if anybody wants to see it, it's there. Um, and people go, Fanny, your quiz is rubbish because it says I haven't got any active money types. You know, they're all if you get more than 50 percent of one of the money types, it's active. But if none of them are active, then you haven't. My question is, well, let me ask you, who is driving your financial life? Are you driving your financial life on purpose or are you just sort of drifting towards the edge of a cliff? Well, I think. Oh, you you sent me my results just before we started this call, and um, yeah, I'm, I've got twenty five percent of quite a few. If that makes sense, there's no real. But but also, Bill, that money type quiz that you took was back then. Mm -hmm. You might be different now. It might. I'm you, the quick. The the results will be different as you go through different parts of your life, even different parts of your day to a certain extent, because. It just depends what you're doing. But the most important thing is that generally 
what we want to do is we want to get the warrior and magician in the driving seat. Let me go through and then people will understand what we're talking about, because if not, I'm just blabbering on. So the eight money types, we've got the innocent, the victim, the warrior, the martyr, the fool, the creator artist, the tyrant and the magician. So just to go through each of them, the innocent's going to do say something like this. Oh, you know, I'm really rubbish with money. I've always been told I'm rubbish with money. My mum said that what would be a good idea is for me to just marry a rich man and be looked after. And so I never have to look after my finances. And actually, you know, I am rubbish with money and I just want to find somebody to who's going to come along and just do it all for me. Um, because I just find it really, really difficult. And even though I look quite happy on the outside, I'm actually innocent. I'm actually feeling quite anxious on the inside. And I just want to put my head in the sand. And if I never had to look at money ever again, that would just be totally brilliant. That's the innocent. Yeah. yeah. It happens, right? Um, innocents are great because they're really coachable. I was going to say, does it make you want to get your, your claws into them and go, right, I'm going to yeah. really sort this out for you? Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, innocents are absolutely brilliant. So they're really, really good. So that, yeah, and they were, they don't talk about what they're feeling. They sort of just put a brave face on. And and actually, to, to a certain extent, we all start out as innocents. Mm, yeah. But we're just learning along the way. And what will tend to happen is an innocent will get paired up with if their partner is very likely to be either a warrior or a tyrant. You'll see the tyrant in a minute. So then we've got the Brit, the victim. You know, everything's everybody else's fault. Tried everything. Might even have started out as the innocent, actually. There's a little story. So, you know, oh, yeah, I started out as the innocent. My mum told me to marry somebody rich so that they could look after me. And I did. I married my financial advisor. But my financial advisor ran off with my best friend a year later and actually took all my money. And so I was left with nothing and I didn't know what to do. So I had a lawyer and he said, well, you've got a tiny bit of money left, which even you didn't even know about, you know. Um, so I'll put, hook you up with somebody I know who's really good at investing. His name's Robin Crook. And so I met him and he invested my money and I lost it all. So you know, just blame, blame, blame. Right. Just yeah. blame, blame, blame. And That's actually... Uh... You know, I'm never going to trust anybody again because in the past it's all gone wrong. You know, 15 years ago, this happened to me and I'm still bleating on about it. And actually, the thing is about victims or the people living in victim, right? When somebody's victim is at the wheel, there you go. That's the correct phraseology. Chances are stuff has happened mm. and it's really painful and it's about processing it bringing it out into the open and healing those wounds so that you can actually get out of that prism of victimhood and start living. I, I actually um, <clears throat> met a lot, obviously I met a lot of victims when I was in the police, but actual victims like this, and you'd, you'd listen to them, you'd listen to their story and they'd just say, well, you know, I just, I just like bad, bad folks or I like bad people and I just get mixed up. It's that self-fulfilling, you know, story and you're like... Actually, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that at all. No, and and you know, even like the lady I told you with the um with the locket, mm -hmm. that's that's slightly victim. You know, oh, I never get anything. I never get anything. You know, because I because one time in my life this happened, <laughs> and then I just keep on creating this self fulfilling prophecy. And don't get me wrong, you know, my story 
you know, my mum was married three times by the time I was married, divorced by the time I was 12. And you know, I lived in that story for quite a long time. Mm. I was lucky in the fact that it actually spurred me on to take action and to move into warrior, but I still use that victim story until I managed to properly express it. Anyway, that's the victim. Then we got the warrior. Warrior's good. Good. We like the warrior. Money type of action. Um, like it says on the screen, powerful, loyal, all that kind of stuff. So he's got, he sets out to conquer the money world. That's good. Um, and generally seen as successful. Um, really good at investing, focused, decisive and in control. Um, it's really good at helping people, actually, motivating other people and wants to help other people. Uh, sometimes they can go, you can go a little bit into over warrior where you think you want to do everything by yourself and not let other people help you. And going from that bit, then moving into tyrants really, really easy. But generally, warrior at the wheel with the magician. Yeah, definitely. That's the one you want. That's good. It's all good. I think that the competitive streak is the really important part of that. It's okay, but it's not over competitive. Right. Okay. It's not over competitive. It's, 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 uh, you know, it's quite healthy competition. Okay. They're quite protective and loyal and all that kind of stuff, which is, which is good. And they tend to team up with innocence. Don't worry, I'll come along and look after you. <laughs> I'll help you how to look after your money. Yeah, right. Innocence not interested, going to put their head in the sand. And that, that's when it's easy for them to maybe move then into martyr. Well, you know, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? So I'm the one that looks after everything in this household. You know, I've given you things to do and you don't do it properly. You know, if you want a job done, do it yourself. Just hear it, can't you? So the burning martyr. But again, martyrs are really lovely people. They are wise and they're compassionate. But the problem, problem is they do more for others than they do for themselves. Um, don't look at, you know, glass half empty sort of thing. You know, I just I can't, I can't look after myself. I've got all this stuff to do. It's just, you know, so busy. You know, and by the time I've bought the grandkids, I mean, grandmas are brilliant martyrs. <laughs> yeah. You know, really, really, really good. <laughs> but the martyrs in is interesting because the martyr tends to go between two energies. So one minute they are like, oh, you know, I do, I do, I'm absolutely amazing. I do all this stuff. And then the next minute it's like, oh, I'm so tired. Can you do this for me? You don't always know where you stand with them. They go between the two energies. Yeah. One who's like wants to be in control. And then the other one, um, you know, who wants to be in the control and then the and, uh, control of others and the other a bit like a wounded child, hmm. you know, oh, I've put anyway. names to each one of these so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, when it comes to money, it's they're all it's all really interesting. And just remember, we've all got all of these within us. It's just depending which one's at the wheel. Next one's the fool. Love the fool. We all need, if you're going to be a business owner, you need a bit, you're going to need a little bit of fool. If not, you're never going to take any risks. I saw a money type quiz today from somebody that came through and they had quite strong warrior, uh, no magician, quite high victim, no fool. And it was like, oh, okay, this is good, quite challenging. This is quite challenging. It's feeling very sorry for themselves. No, no attitude for risk or anything. But the fool, so the fool is um, quite often partnered with the innocent. You can sort of have innocent and fool go together. They're quite good at the wheel together. 
right? Because the innocent will sit at the sit at the wheel and they'll go, I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't know how to do this and I wish somebody would come rescue me. The fool goes, oh, come on, don't worry. Let's just go shopping. Let's go down the pub. Let's go down the pub. We won't worry about it. But the fool is going to be open to like, oh my God, I've got this amazing business idea. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, all I've got to do is invest a couple of grand. I haven't got a couple of grand. Can anybody lend me a couple of grand? Can you help me with some money? Um, oh, never mind. We won't bother about that. It'll sort itself out in the end. And they'll, they'll, they won't do their due diligence. So it'll be a roller coaster of a money life for the fool. Sometimes they've got money. Next time they haven't got any money. But it's all a bit more through, through luck rather than judgment. Yeah, a fool and his money is soon parted. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's happened. But um, But when you coach fools... They can make really good warriors because they are action takers. It's just not with any due diligence and not doing the work behind it. They just need so, focus. Yeah. So somebody, you, one of your guys might be a freshly trained dog groomer. And before they've done anything, any market research, anything, they just go and sign a lease on a shop. We've got one. We've got one. Just put their hands up. Lauren just said, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's just who's at the wheel at the moment, Lauren. It's all changeable. But again, fools are really, really well, really, really fantastically coachable and great fun to coach too. Then we've got the creator artist. And you're probably going to have a few of these in the group as well, which is the ones. Money's not really important to me. I don't need to earn a lot of money. Um, but they'll also feel quite conflicted because they'll think, why should I earn a lot of money when there are starving people in the, in the world? Um, find living in the material world difficult but sort of like have got their eyes on their friend's Apple watch, but it's like, oh, no, I'm not quite sure. Tree huggers as well. So, and a lot of creatives. So, you know, oh yeah, I'm a yoga teacher. My spare time, I do basket weaving. I weave a great, a lovely basket. Um, I'm doing yoga course, got a yoga course coming up soon. And I've got to 12 weeks. I'll do the first eight weeks for free and then just, just pay for the last four if you want to. I know, I know exactly. I've got the exact person actually. His wife is in my group, and uh, he's an artist, and he is part of the Royal Society, London Society of Artists. You know, they right. live amongst us. We went, we went a field off him for our horse, yeah. and he paints these wonderful pictures. And if you've got two hours of your life to spare, just say to him, "Why don't you sell these pictures?" I don't do it for the money. I don't want to. Yeah. It's not about the money. I'm like, that's it. That's the creative artist, isn't it? That's the creative artist. With bloody expensive painting pictures. Yeah, he could he could make a fortune, but he he will lecture you for a few hours saying why you know he's not there to do it for the money. He's there for the for the art and the love of it. Yeah, why? That's my question. <laughs> well, that's why? what me and his wife say. You know, who's going to pay the mortgage? <laughs> yeah, and why are you only doing them? Because you don't value yourself, or okay. you you know what is this? So I don't know. Anyway, but, and very can, can be very detached from money. I don't mean unattached. Unattached is good. Unattached is where you make a decision about something and you unattach yourself from the outcome. So you make that's a real magician type thing. But being detached from money is sort of like going, nah, don't need to, don't need to do that. My husband was 100% creator artist. <laughs> but they, but there are lovely sides to creator artists as well. They've got a nice. Um, creative side, which can be very good when it comes to money. So that's that one. Then we've got the tyrant. Uh, 
uh, so tyrants use money to control people. Mm. Donald Trump, <laughs> pretty good with Donald with that. Um, hoards money, shoves it in a savings account and thinks it's good there, not doesn't invest it properly. Done that, been there, done that. Um, never feel complete, comfortable at, or at peace because there's always more. And actually, the whole of the magician, the tyrant's thing is just based in fear of abandonment and fear of being alone and fear of not having any friends, fear of being, you know. So you can see why I got that fear of having everything being taken away. There I was, 10 year old child standing in the free school meals queue, not knowing anybody, just come out of boarding school, skipped a year of school as well. So I was the youngest person in the school really really angry with the irresponsible adults that have been in my life and decided that I was going to be able to take over the world by being rich but it was done through fear and thinking that you know that I was going to have everything taken away and just abandonment and to all intents and purpose I was abandoned by my mum when she sent me to boarding school at seven Mm. you know so there's all those kind of things so you know, I think, you know, there's there are degrees of tyranny as well. I mean, I wouldn't I can't say I would have gone to the edge of edge of it and I could throw a friend under the bus for to save my own skin. I don't think I would do that. You know, there's there's degrees of it. But a lot of tyrants can become political leaders. <laughs> um, the master manipulators and that kind of thing. You probably met them at work and stuff like that. And it's all about the money, money, more, more, more money. And plenty of the, plenty of the groups, the wealth building groups that you go into, you're going to find tyrants. Most of the time, tyrants won't come to the table to be coached because they don't see that they've got a problem. However, I seem to attract tyrants. Oh, I wonder why. So I <laughs> attract tyrants and, and I actually quite enjoy coaching the tyranny out of them. Must be quite a lot of unpicking all the way back to childhood. Um, well, yeah. Well, the thing is, once they've decided to come to the table, they usually know pretty. They know that they've got a bit of a problem, mm. so it's okay. And then let's go on to the last one, which is the gorgeous, wonderful, absolutely amazing magician, who is the money type of faith, trust, and balance. And the magician has actually experienced all of the other negative money types, in fact, all of them, and has realized that, you know, with the innocent, that they're just a, they're a money child. And actually, the answers that you need are going to come from within. Go and learn. Don't keep looking at the shiny things all around or asking everybody else's opinion. You need to go and get some knowledge and learn and take some responsibility to be adult not just to grow up because we can grow up in age, but we need to become adult in our brain when it comes to money. As far as the victim is concerned, they've experienced that. And just say, look, for God's sake, express what you've got to express. Don't keep pushing your feelings down all the time. Bring them out, but stop living in the past. Move forward. You've got your money story up until now. Tomorrow is another page. You can write it as you want to write it. You don't have to keep telling the same old story all the time. So let it go. Uh, what else have we got? Warrior, mates, their mates. Martyr, start looking after yourself for a bit. Consider yourself. Stop being judgmental and resentful and doing everything for everybody else, which is, you know, enabling behavior of people not to do anything and then complaining that they don't do things properly. Teach them how to do things. So it leaves you free to have some time for yourself. Full, 
get some due diligence, mate. Just learn, you know, stop taking the mickey and just throwing everything you've got into a bucket that you haven't even seen that's got a bloody bottom to it. Um, creator artist, money is important. Every, last time I looked, you need money to buy anything. You need money to turn a light on. You need money to turn the tap on. You need money to get into your car. You need money to go to be clothed. You need money for everything. So it just depends where you want to be on that pecking order. And actually, the more money that you've got, then you can go and help more people. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, tyrant, well, you're never going to buy the things that you really need, which is love. Mm. Really. And so the magician has just managed to embrace all the really good, the good bits of everything. And, you know, being open to flow, confident, compassionate, attached, all that kind of stuff, financially balanced. And just knowing that if every day you, you don't, not everything's all about money, but it is about money if you're going to run a business. It is important. You want it to grow. You want to do things. But actually, at the end of the day, if you just rock up and do the right thing, every day things are going to work out for you so if you're going into sales situations and you haven't got a buffer you're running out of you haven't got any savings in your business and you need clients and you've got a new uh, somebody coming i know that actually from what i hear most of your dog groomers are busy as hell yeah very busy at times yeah so maybe you're not charging enough or maybe, I don't know, if you're starting to feel resentful because all those cockapoos are coming in and people haven't groomed them for the last six months. And you said to them, you need to groom a cockapoo every six weeks. And you get little Mrs. Mrs. White come in, who's 85 years old with her Jack Russell. And it takes him 10 minutes, it takes you 10 minutes to give him a quick clip. And then old cockapoodle comes come in 10 to the dozen and you're spending an hour and 40 minutes clipping that one for the same price, and you wonder, right, at the end of the day, you start feeling resentful, right? That's it. But is it? I mean, and this is what I was saying about people uh, have that money mindset, charging money as well as dealing with their own money. Exactly. So what, who, what do you need to be the excellent money manager, right? You need the magician, the warrior, and a bit of the creator artist. And when you take the money type quiz, which I'm sure you're all going to do, you want to have um, those three want to be 50% or plus active. That's what you want. And if they're not. <laughs> Mine wasn't. <laughs> no. Most people's aren't, Bill, to be honest. Um, most people's aren't. Mm. But that's because most of us aren't driving our financial life on purpose. Mm because we are fearful or we think it's obscene or rude, crude, etc. But we need to get a grip. Anyway, those are the money types. And they're great because what they are is there's a framework. If you also, if you go onto my website and take the quiz, go back and look at, there's another page on my website where it gives full descriptions of all the money types. And you can even cut and paste and put them in Word document. I need to actually work it so that you can download, download the descriptions. But it's a, it's a really good talking point. And then from there, if you want to, you can book in a 30-minute chat with me. So I'm more than happy to do that. But I don't know. Is that what are people saying? Are they saying that? Is that helpful? Is anybody still watching or have they all gone to sleep? No, they're all there. Everyone's, everyone's I suppose, um, as, as the English do, everyone's kind of putting themselves down, saying, yeah, I'm the fool, um, you know, stuff like that so 
Change that language, please, lovely people. Say, today, my fool is at the wheel. Or generally, I feel my fool is at the wheel. Because all of you have the capability of changing. This is all dynamic. I will not accept from any one of you that you are a fool or you are a victim or you are a magician. It's deciding which one you're going to put behind the wheel. And it can change on a daily basis. So could we go in um, go onto your website and learn the, the different money types, then yes. go, right, how, how am I going to be the magician today? Yeah, exactly. So you is that a question? Oh yeah, kind of. Well, it's like it's like a, I suppose it's like anything else. You could learn the energies around the magician. What would the magician do? So okay. Pick a situation. It's a bit like turning a little bit into a schizophrenic, really, because you've got all these eight characters in your head. So let's say um, you're in a you're in a shop, and oh no, you do Friday night. No, 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 hang on. Let me think of a really good example. Okay, so um, you've had a really really good month in the business, right? You set up business, you had a really good month. The, the dogs are flying through the door, right? It's snipping Edward hands, giving <laughs> it all this. You're in flow and it's all looking amazing and it's wonderful and blah, blah, blah. And you've sort of got the computer sitting over there that's got an accounts package on it. But you don't really know much about that because you're more interested in snipping the dogs and the money's coming in and it's all very well. Yeah, we don't you look, look at, at what the, comes in every day. <laughs> you, look at the, you look at the takings at the end of the month, let's say, and you go, wow, that's amazing. And, and then you go, uh, and then you go, you're thinking this is really fantastic i've got an amazing business here and then you have this great idea that you're going to completely deck out the shop right i'm going to make this shop look amazing it's going to be fantastic it's whatever it's time then to get into check and go hang on that and get them in check suddenly become conscious and aware of your thoughts and actually go which money types talking to get their shop decked out I've had a really good month, but let's just check in with the warrior and the magician, shall we, when we're having this conversation, because I'm thinking this could be, it could be full speaking here. So let's just check in and go, so I've had a good month. Is it, have I had one good month or have I had six good months? Have I got a buffer of say three months um, overheads sitting there as a buffer should something suddenly go wrong? Have I actually budgeted how much it's going to cost to deck out the shop? The, the parlor parlor what's it called groomers parlor salon what's it called salon will do salon um have i you know have i actually budgeted it how much do i need it what else is going to be involved in it if i deck out the shop do i have to start thinking about my branding so it's just literally about having that conversation and making sure that the warrior and the magician are in that place and if you think about the energies of the warrior magician the warrior is the one that's going to take the action and actually get it done but the magician is the one that's going to go is this really what we need is this is this in alignment with what the business is supposed to be doing can the business afford it how sustainable is it going to be how much value is it going to bring back to the business etc happens every day of our lives all this kind of stuff going on 
You know, I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm learning. I'm really trying to get to grips with trading cryptocurrency at the moment. I love it. Right? I absolutely love it. But my tendency is, is just to go, oh, yeah, let's buy that sometimes. Right. <laughs> and I and I literally I there are two ways that I get. I either get to the point of going, I just really don't know how to do this. I just can't work it out. Is this too hard? What are they talking about? All these different words that I don't understand how it works. And I'll go, oh, my God, you're being so innocent, innocent, driving your bus stop go and, get, go and get a cup of tea come back and let's just start again and let's just work it out bit by bit by bit we're just learning here we're being curious and we're just learning that's all we're doing don't have to worry if we don't do the deal today yeah but why if i don't do the deal today i might miss out on something no you don't want to worry about it because there'll be another deal tomorrow does that drive yeah. you mad sometimes <laughs> Not anymore. Used to, but not anymore. But yeah, but so that's the thing. It's just about being in check and just being aware of our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So and we a... are we're not our thoughts. We're not our thoughts. You know, it's like this thing again, we all get bogged down in what we're doing every day. Sorry to interrupt you, but we get bogged down in what we're doing every day. And you, you know, you go into the go into the salon and you look at you all amongst the workers and everybody talking and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes what we have to do is we have to lift ourselves up and become conscious of what we're thinking and go, oh, my God, what I, I'm literally scurrying about on my daily activity. But I need to really take a much more elevated view of this. And once we can start knowing that we can be conscious and aware of what we're thinking, which is a huge skill, many people don't. They just live in their little flat lives. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not meant to sound derogatory, but right. they just literally get through the day. But when we actually take make that decision to know that we can have some control over what we think, we are can be conscious of what we think and what we feel. We come up to consciousness and then we can go up even further and start realizing that we can choose how we think. We can choose how we decide where, how we direct our thoughts. And that's when life really starts to change. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, in a lot of my courses, I teach you know, vision boards, goal setting, planning and, and stuff like that. And th that leads into Catherine's comment on here saying, I'm going to be a millionaire by 55. And that sort of that links into your money map, doesn't it? You know, how are you going to be a millionaire by 55? Interesting that you say 55. I love that because um, I, I'm a big fan of numerology as well. Right. And um, a five uh represents freedom okay but <laughs> it represents freedom through discipline what bugger that is eh well, you have to be disciplined don't you yeah so it's gonna yeah gonna have to go into how your um how you manage your money i i've i have what i call a money mapping system do you want to see it go on let's do it i think everyone's taking your quiz at the moment are they? Lauren's, Lauren's come back at 59% active full. All right. Book a call in. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's good. It's only today. Right. So I want, I just want to show my, my um, PowerPoint mastery here. Okay. This is what I created. Ready? I think you need to make it um, full screen. It's a white screen, right? We're seeing your notes, I think, at the moment. Ah, oh, that's because I did the wrong one. Just the wrong screen. That's okay. 
So if I do share screen, why is it not coming up? Oh, yeah, there you That's the one you want to look at. That's the one. Watch this. Nice. <laughs> hey, what do you think about that? Did you do that? I did that. Excellent. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that, to be fair. Okay, so the money mapping system. So this is part of our adventure again. So let's just recap. We're on our bus with our eight passengers. We've got our warrior and our magician at the wheel. We've got the creator artist up there as well. The other five are in the back texting their mates and having a coffee. Okay. Right? So we've got that sorted. And then the warrior and the magician are saying, well, we've, we're driving along. We're doing it. We're on, we're on, our, on our path. But how have we created? We need to create the map that's going to keep us on our path. We need to create the map that's going to take your lady who's going to be a millionaire at 55. Can I just give her, she's just done your money quiz. Can I give you her scores? Yeah. We've got Catherine, 50% magician and 42% warrior. She's going to be a millionaire at 55. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really good. So goal for you. What was her name, Catherine? Catherine, yeah. Catherine, goal for you is pump those scores up through the kind of action that you've already been taking, but even more, to around 67% each of the warrior and magician. Okay. Okay. That's the goal. That's, that's your challenge to get it in there. Right. So this is the money mapping system that I use. So let's just think. I'm going to do Janet and John fashion first of all. So the first thing is to understand our money flow, how money comes in and goes out of our lives. Every problem that we have with money is to do with the exchange. Mm -hmm. Either it's really hard to come, hard to go. It comes and it stays or whatever. It's just about the exchange because that's what money is supposed to do. It's supposed to exchange between people consistently. It's an energy that goes round and round and round and round. So once we get our income, what are we going to do with it? We're going to spend it, save it, invest it, lend it, pay off debts or give it away. Not much else you can do with it. And what we want to do is we want to give every single pound a purpose. So it's measured spending, no waste. So we're talking about zero budgeting here. Um, I'll show you that in a minute. So first of all, and I'm, this is real Janet and John stuff, but just in case people aren't doing it, you want to start trying to think about all the things that you spend your money on. But it's very difficult just to sort of start off with a blank piece of paper and a pen, because how are you going to remember everything? So the thing is, you want to do it in a planned and measured way. So go through your bank statements for the last year, because that means you're going to capture a whole annual thing and start putting things into categories. So just have some categories on a bit of paper if you're going to do it or start a spreadsheet. I use I have a money map that I give people on my courses, et cetera, which is. It's pretty special, to be fair. I'm going to do a mini course soon where you can just buy the money map and just do this practical side. Mm -hmm. But start listing it out and then work out. This is obviously just some. It's not everything. Work out how much you spend on each one of those categories every month. Then think about, so you've done that. So we've listed everything. I've gone through a year's bank statement. You've gone, right, so Christmas cost me this much per month. Birthdays cost me this much per month. Yeah, you know, all your you've got all your bills and everything else worked out per month. But that's all very well. But the thing is, we need to look at something else. We need to look at actually how we spend our money. 
And the way that I organize it is I organize it into three pots, which are essentially three bank accounts. Or if you're using Starling, two bank accounts, because you can make use of the amazing spaces that they provide. So for those of you who haven't used Starling or Monzo or one of the challenger banks, I think Revolut does it as well. I'm not sure. I don't know much about Revolut. You open an account and you have money in your current account, but then you have available to you, you can create these things called spaces. So you can call a space Christmas and another space car, whatever, and you can start putting money from your current account into these spaces and they don't, that money doesn't show up as your available balance. How amazing is that, right? It's what we've been asking for, for all these years. Yeah, it is a a really good system. It's just amazing. So let me think about how we spend our money. So I've called them three things, everyday spending, automated spending, and sometimes spending. And your everyday spending is obviously going to be things like your food, your groceries and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that you can use that horrible way you can map for. You might use the word budget. I don't like the word budget, budget <laughs> that you map for. But it's money that you need to have available to you on a daily basis. You're going to say, right, I've got a budget for food of 400 pounds a month or whatever it is. You're not going to spend exactly 400 pounds. You're going to spend sort of thereabouts. So you need that money to be available to you because you're going to go to the supermarket a number of times over the month. So you don't want to keep moving it about every time you go, you'll drive yourself insane. So you need a certain amount of money to be available to you at all times. So that's your everyday spending. Your automated spending are going to be all your bills. So all the direct debits, all the standing orders and all those sneaky subscriptions that sneak into your credit card sometimes. You know those ones where you signed up for that two month trial of a magazine? which you got for free, and then all of a sudden you get hit £43.50 for the next three months afterwards. Those ones, you know, that you see. So you put all of those in a, in a different one so you know exactly how much you're spending on that. And then obviously you're sometimes spending a thing's going to be like Christmas, holidays, uh, dentist, optician, yep. pets, car repairs, car, car MOT, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Things that don't happen regularly every month, but you want to be setting money aside every month to cover it. So I suppose, so a, lot of, I suppose a lot of us pay for holidays on credit rather than saving up. <laughs> well, what you're doing by doing that is spending money that you haven't that you're spending your future income. Yeah, And I get it that at the moment, I mean, the number of people that I've spoken to who go, look, Fanny, this has been such a stressful year. It's been awful. We really needed a holiday. So we put the holiday on the credit card. I said, mm, how did that work out for you? And they they say, well, I'm just more stressed now I've come home because I've got to pay for the credit. I've got to pay for the holiday. So I understand that you can't flip that round just like that, mm-hmm. but I would seriously work towards getting on the front foot, living your life, your financial life on the front foot. It's where you start putting money aside every mm-hmm. month for your holiday so that the money is there. I'm, I bumped into a lady who was actually on one of my, my uh, on my Loving Me, Loving My Money course, which is a course I do for ladies at Christmas. And she said, Fanny, I'm so happy I bumped into you. She said it was a year ago that I finished your course. 
So I've been money mapping for a year now. She said, I cannot tell you what it felt like this Christmas to basically see that I had 1200 quid saved for Christmas by putting hundred pounds a month away since January. The whole of my attitude towards spending was different. I really felt like I was giving and I really, really enjoyed spending that money on presents because the money was there. It was given a purpose. Yeah. Whereas before she would get to like, you know, middle of November or whatever, and she'd be going, oh, God, Christmas. God, what am I going to have to spend? I have to buy presents for these. I've got the kids and they want that. Oh, God. And it's all bought with a bit of a... Stressful. Or just with a bit of a... You know, it's not joyous. So the more that we can start to shift it so that we, like the lady who's going to become a millionaire, she starts doing this system. I'd be interested to know what system she's using at the moment. She's still there. Um, <laughs> it's about getting on that front foot because the thing that we're going to do next, so we've got, we go back to these categories, but what we then want to do is shift them into those pots so that at the end of every month, you know how much you're going to put in the sometimes spending pots, how much you're going to put in the automated and how much you've got left sloshing around with sort of not that many boundaries in your everyday spending account. But giving money boundaries is really important. And then, of course, for what's your lady who wants to be a millionaire? Catherine. Catherine, yeah. Catherine. So for Catherine, she's going to want to seriously involve putting savings which or, and investments as part of her automated spending start automating how she's going to start investing and also you're going to automate your debts as well so that they get paid off because when you're money mapping every pound has to be given a purpose remember really important so we do this so we make each pot a separate bank account safe containers for your money and as soon as you get paid or as soon as you take your salary from your salon which of course you do, rather than paying everybody else first, you make sure you, really good book, Profit First. Mm -hmm. I, have, I've, I haven't actually read it cover to cover, but I know how it works. And it's actually a really good system where you make sure in your business, you, you, you it's just a good book, have a look it up, look it up. So as soon as you get paid, you want to separate your money into those three pots so that you'll know that you've got your bills covered, you're saving for your sometime spends, and you'll have money there for the money that you need now, and you're not going to spend too much because it's only going to be left there. So in summary, look at that, spinny things and everything. Um, pot one, everyday spending, bank account one, that's all your things that you're not quite sure how much they're going to cost. Automated spending, bank account two. And then... Um, Sometimes spending, which is where I use the pots on Starling. Bank account three for those kind of things. If you were going to run it on piece of paper, you might start with it looking a bit like this. So here are your categories, one under the other. And then you have per month. And then you have everyday spending, sometimes spending, automated spending. So you would copy the per month spend into whatever column. And then it works sort of like a grid mapping, see, like map referencing. And you can see how much. So I've got £262 every month for every, in my everyday spending, £76 a month going into my sometimes spending, and 928 into my automated spending in this part of the budget that I've done. And then if you want to, you can divide it up into how much a year and how much a day as well. If you were to do that on the spreadsheet and what my money map looks like, 
it looks something like that. And it's like a, just a big long thing and it does all the calculations for you, etc. That's it. That is Fanny's nice money mapping system, the money management system that works. It does. And it's so powerful, isn't it? Writing down, writing this stuff down and going through your bank statements and understanding yeah. what you've spent your money on is so, so powerful. Yeah. And I would also say one of the, an app that I use daily is Money Dashboard. Brilliant, brilliant app. And if um, I've got a an affiliate link, actually, if anybody wants the link, I could put it in there. And it means we both get a £4 Amazon voucher. <laughs> Nice. there you go Catherine that'll set you on your way now <laughs> uh, have you got time quickly I, I know um, Catherine was interested in investments you invest in property and potentially um, index funds and stuff as well do you want a quick chat about investing How, well first of all again I think it's mindset I think there's a lot of people out there going I'm not worthy to invest my money or I'm not I'm not good enough to invest my money or I don't know how to invest my money. And that's why a lot of people are in the situation where they don't have savings or, or investments. So let's call a spade a spade. If you don't start investing your money, the chances are, oh, I'm really going out on a limb here. If you don't start investing, the chances are you'll never be wealthy. Because, and I'll tell you why. Um... Investing in property is good and you're going to get good passive income from that. But with all the passive income that you get, you're either going to just spend it and just keep it going round and round and round and round. And you're just it's a similar sort of thing then to like having having a, a job sort of thing. But you're 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 completely relying on your um, the property increasing in value. And actually, if you read a book like. Oh, brilliant book. Hold on. Hold the line. There's an absolutely wonderful section on property in this book. How to own the world. Yeah. That sounds like it's right up Catherine Street, right? This is a great book. A really, really great book. Um, and he's a very lovely man, Andrew Craig, as well. Really nice guy. So, but there's a very interesting section in property there. And Really, when you when it comes down to it and you look at the whole of the property market over a number of years, the actual return on property investments is not as good as people make it out to be. And you've got to look over a number of years, obviously. If you look over the last 10 years for us, it's pretty difficult not to make money in property. It's pretty difficult not to make money in the stock market, etc. But it's not always like that. And we haven't actually seen yet in the property market a huge correction for a very long time, which means one of two things. Um, it's going to happen at some point. I don't know when I've been predicting it with my sort of my finger in the wind for the last five years and it hasn't and it hasn't happened. If you read people who look at cycles and things like that 2024 is mooted to be a year if you're looking at the general sort of you know trends and all that kind of stuff but to just completely rely on it i mean all right we were going to talk about energy prices for those people who are investing in property if you have things like hmos where you're responsible for the bills for your tenants 
we're coming up into a situation now where the electricity and gas prices are possibly probably going to rise by 100%, which means your profit margin is just going to go like that. You know, I mean, it's going to happen to me. So to just rely on property, to just rely on that, I would say is a little foolish, especially when most um, buy-to-let properties, et cetera, are done on a 75% loan-to-value rate. And at the moment, we've got interest rates that are actually still on the floor. But I know that over the last, you know, I know that people tend to, we leverage and leverage and leverage and leverage and leverage, but we go, oh no, it's fine, we've got margins. But if something seriously happens, like if there's a dip in the property values and the, and the interest rates rise, by a bit is a real squeeze. And if you're using that money on a day-to-day basis to live, it's gonna really change your life, it's gonna change your world. Mm -hmm. So that's why you need to start investing. You can't put your money in the bank anymore because you're losing money because because (laughs) inflation rates are so high that they say that they're what, five, 6% something now. In reality, they're much higher than that. I mean, for goodness sake, have you not noticed how Walker's crisps bags have decreased and yet they're, they're still the same price? Yeah. Cadbury's cream eggs. Twix, Twix bars. Twix bars. You know, has anybody noticed? This is a question that I've really got. Has anybody noticed how much petrol we use since it moved to the new type of petrol? Has anybody noticed that? <coughs> We use diesel, but well, I'd be interested to know if anybody in your group has noticed. Honestly, my I'm seem to be filling up my car all the time, and I'm not. I hardly drive the bloody thing. Anyway, so you need to invest, and investing nowadays is really easy because you don't have to go to a financial advisor who's going to send you sell you products at expensive fees. You don't have to have that kind of trust. You could start either using an app if you want to, something like Moneybox. If you really want to, to just get dip your toe in the water with with a few quid here and there, or you can uh, personally, I would start with Vanguard or somewhere like Hargreaves Lansdowne. Vanguard is cheaper than Hargreaves Lansdowne, and you want to start investing in um, all over the world, right? So you want to start investing in something that's going to be global. That's what you're looking at. So you're you can invest in funds. I mean, it's too, I can't, I need to do a separate one if I'm going to start yeah, talking yeah. about funds and all that sort of thing. But if you were to go into um, Vanguard and look at something like the FTSE, the Financial Times Stock Exchange, that's what the FTSE stands for, uh, Global All Cap, blah, 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 something index tracker, you are going to be basically investing your money in companies that are in all different sectors of industry, finance, retail, tech, yada, yada, transport, yada, 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 and all over the world. Because the most important thing about investing is that you don't put all your eggs in one basket, which is what you're doing when you're picking individual stocks. Mm -hmm. So for instance, uh, let's say, for instance, you suddenly started to think about investing. Now, I'm going to show you something because you're going to love this. Um, you think, OK, I'm going to start investing. And what's a really good company to invest in? Oh, I think I'll invest in, I don't know, Facebook's really good. I'll invest in Facebook. 
What do you think about that? That sounds like a good idea because they're never going to go bust. It's a really, really good company to invest in. So I'll put my £10,000 that I've got. Hang on, I'm just trying to find it for you here. I've got to put my £10,000 that I've got into Facebook and I'm going to make loads of money. However, hold the line caller. Let's see. I invested in Facebook the other day. So by the way, if you invest in a global tracker, the chances are it's going to include Facebook in it anyway, which is really, really good. So you're gonna invest in all those big companies. However, look what, this is the chart for Facebook, <coughs> now known as Meta. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. Look what happened last week, boom. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? What did they do? Um, basically, they, um, do you see this little E here? Mm. That's called earnings. So that's when they declare oh, yeah. the profits and the earnings that they've had. So they do a, they do a report. And basically, on, that, on their earnings, what happened was they said they actually, for the first time ever, reported that their growth was not, hadn't got bigger. Nothing's gone wrong. No, it's just but, confidence, isn't it? Yeah. So if you go from all from the all time high from here down to here, you're looking at a 35, 36% drop. Yeah. I love that. So as you can see here, I've put a little note saying I've bought 10 Facebook shares <laughs> at $228.31 on the, at this level. And then look what's happened. It's time, dropped even further. Time to buy. Well, it's time to buy, but look, I bought it 228 and it's gone down even more. So yeah. what do I, you know, if you've just invested your £10,000 or you put your £10,000 in up here thinking, well, it's only going to grow. And now you're down here. You're going to be really annoyed. You're a bit sick. Well, you're <laughs> going to feel a bit sick. So that's down 48.58%. Nice. So... That's why we invest. When you think um, I'm scared, I'm I'm scared to invest. There's nothing to be scared of because yes, stock markets go up and down all the time. But uh, it's inside the SP 500. Yeah, it's 100, isn't it? Hang on a minute. I can't remember. I never I don't usually look at it on here. S&P 500. I know it's S&P, but I'm thinking of the ticker. Hang on. S&P 500. Let's do that. Yeah, see, it's looking at weird things. Index. Let's go on that one. Uh, that's not the ones I wanted to see. But basically, if you look at um, the S&P 500, they always... This one. Oh, no, we don't want that one. No, I don't know what the ticker is on here. I never usually look at it on here. It doesn't matter. Um, it goes up over time. It goes up. So if you invest, make sure that you invest in a nice cross-section of companies and a nice cross-section. And, of course, I'm willing to help anybody who wants to do that. But it's that you're going to be looking at leaving your money in there. It's about growing fattening up your golden goose, your financial freedom account, and actually building it so that it's getting a nice return and then you invest those returns back into it. It's like fattening up the golden goose because what does the golden goose lay? Golden eggs. 
<laughs> excellent excellent um and then i think we'll probably need to finish off take up too much of your time um you're going to tell us about that little course that you're you're running because i think everyone could benefit from that yeah sure so i every so often um i run courses online group with group coaching and the one thing that's really important to me is that I think having a conversation about money is really important. Actually, being able to talk about it is the first step to be able to become wealthy. So I run this course called um, My Money Makeover and I'm starting it. I'm launching it again on the 28th of March this year. And I've got some videos that I've recorded showing you and giving you sharing you the money map and how to give every pound a purpose. And I also take you through some mindset uh, exercises like writing your money story, looking at mum and dad, look at the money type quiz and how it can work much better for you. I'm actually adding a little bit of a bonus onto this this um, tranche of the course where I'm actually going to do I'm actually going to help people to start investing as well. On top of that, what we do is we meet once a week on Zoom on a Tuesday evening um for an hour an hour and a quarter and we have q a and just just talk about money just open up the subject and we usually have topics once a week and it's 10 weeks that we do it for we've also got a whatsapp group so you get to meet you can talk to other people who are in the same situation as you people wanting to learn and actually every single time i've done it people have met new friends for life and it's been really nice. People who are friends just because of money, which is lovely. Mm. So I'm running it again. The price is £350, which is a steal. Um, and I'm going to be launching it on the 28th of March. So if anybody wants information about it, it's probably best to contact me via my website or just send me an email at info at I was supposed to have a link and I can't find it, which is really numpty-ish of me. That's but I've, yeah, I know. I'm just literally starting. Or you can, you know, I've got a Facebook group called Loving Me, Loving My Money. Come and join that. I'm not that difficult to find with a name like mine, really. <laughs> no, no. You know. So okay, I'll I'll make sure that that's put on the put on the um, the, the comments as well. Just going to have a look through the comments to see yes. if there's any burning questions. Yes. Um, for you. Yes. Before you go, and then we'll let you go and enjoy your evening. Yes. Uh, 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 a lot of people have been doing your your um, money types. That's brilliant. So, Lauren's just asked: Would you invest money or prioritise paying debts off, or can you do both at the same time? You can do both at the same time. So, with if you've got debts, the first priority with your debts is to get the interest rates down to as low as possible. So that's either negotiating with the people who you've got loans or credit cards out with, or maybe switching to a 0% credit card. Um, but I do a thing, I, I have a method where I call it saving your way out of debt. Because the thing is, if you completely deprive yourself of everything and just focus on paying everything off on uh, off with debts without saving a little bit of money, when something goes wrong, like the washing machine breaks down or something like that, you're going to jeopardize your debt repayments. And you're just going to think, oh, what's the bloody point? This is, you know, and it's motivationally really kicks the shit out of you. God, that wasn't very polite, but you know what I mean? It, <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah, because you're like paying off and paying off. Then something happens, you're like, I've got to resort back to credit card again to, yeah, to fix the problem. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but it obviously depends on the level of debt that you have. 
and it depends on you know you know you need to look at the situation quite closely and also think about debts as well can be quite psychologically draining so if you've got a debt that's hanging around your neck that you really really want to get rid of and it's that's really important to you to get rid of fine hammer it and get it away because it's about you holistically as a person rather than just looking at the black and white it's not a cookie cutter approach because everyone's different Mm, everyone's really different but yeah, so I would think about just getting the cost down and trying to save. A, listen, if any of you listening to this call are not a saver and you say, I can't afford to save, I'm actually going to again put my neck on the line and say that's bollocks, right? <laughs> I would like you, if you don't save already, to get a jar or a glass or something and put a sticker on the outside that says savings in it and go and put a penny in it. And you've saved. And you're a saver. But the actual going through that verbal thing of going, I'm not a saver, I don't save money, I can't afford to save, wrong language. Just get into the mindset of going, yeah, I save money. Might not be a lot, but I save money. Yeah. And you get there, and that's the best way to help it to grow. Excellent. Um, Topes asked, um, the Money Dashboard app, is that uh, neon or classic? Neon. Neon. Wait for the link. Wait for the link. Yeah, wait for the link. <laughs> we make some more money. <laughs> I'll do it. I can do it now, actually. It doesn't take me two seconds. And then you can put it in the chat, right? Yeah. Can you do that? If you to put it in the Zoom chat, I'll put it in the yeah. Take me the other. Oh, oh, what I was going to say about Starling, you're talking about the pots, is I think Starling have now adjusted it so you can actually pay your direct debits from the spaces. They, yeah, they have. I, I'm not... I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if I would recommend that. Okay. Breaching pot pot boundaries. Breaching whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> breaching pot boundaries. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good if that's a good idea because I mean I I suppose to be honest you could actually have a pot to just put all your bills in. Yeah. That could be, and then you would only need one. Oh my God, I never thought of that before. If you could do it all. With, there you go. You could do it all with Starling. That'd be amazing. I have a, a joint account, um, which I pay all the bills, like the, the direct debits from, and then a, a, a personal account, it's both with Starling, where we just live, have the living sort of money, if that makes sense. I'm hoping at the moment I haven't seen any quizzes come through. I've just been changing my server, so I'm really hoping that everything's working because I want to see everybody's quizzes that have come through. Well, people are coming back with percentages, right? So they must be, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not getting them at the minute. That's interesting. Someone made an interesting comment here. One sec, I'll just scroll up. Um, also, I really struggle to save money if it's in my bank, but if I take right. it out in cash and put it in an envelope, I can save it easily. What's that all about? <laughs> well, it's because they because if they take it out of cash, they can save it. There's going to be something going back to childhood, I think, which is all about like putting cash under the mattress and all that kind of stuff. Which I which I get it, I mm. do get it. Uh, but why would you have a fire? Yeah, or the banknotes went out of date. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's just not earning anything there. 
So I understand that they feel that they've got a way forward with it, but it would be really interesting to work on that mindset and actually maybe have a digital envelope somewhere where you can put it where it can actually earn you a bit of interest. Or if you really, really need to keep it out of the way and you want to keep it liquid, how about you put it into premium bonds? Yeah, I was going to say premium bonds. Because you can get that back within three days if you need three or so yeah. days, can't you? So Yeah, and you never know, you might win. Well, yeah, the interest rates keep changing, don't they? Um, they pay interest on it, do they? No, I meant, sorry, that they change the... Well, they oh, change yeah. the payouts, the, yeah. the rate of payouts and stuff. Um, same here, I have a jar of notes saved in a jar in the bathroom, which do not touch written on it. I pretend it's not there and consider it an emergency float. If it was in a bank, they'd spend it. All right. Well, if it was a separate bank account. Yeah, or just put it, or yeah, exactly, put it in a different bank account and hide the card. Just, yeah, there's a certain amount of discipline that we need to do. It's, I mean, if it works for you in the glass in the bathroom and it's got like 40 quid in it or 100 quid in it or something, fine. If that works for you. But, you could probably do something maybe a bit better. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you really need that money when you're on your way down to Plymouth for a weekend away, I don't know quite why I said that, but on, <laughs> 100 quid on the windowsill in your bathroom isn't really going to help you out, is it? No. No. Get a separate bank account or again, premium bonds. Hide it in there. You can get to it in three days. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, my husband doesn't say he has these pots with pennies in. I go, why are you putting the pennies in the pot? And he goes, oh, well, because we used to take them up to the slot machine and Skegness. And I go, yeah, but we're not going to do that, though, are we? And why? Oh, I just, it's a habit. It's a habit. Yeah. But you can break the habit. Keep it in your pocket. Spend it. And what's the point of having 16, 18 quid that I'm the one that usually ends up having to bloody count it because it just sits <laughs> overflowing? What's the point? Yeah, there is it. Well, everyone's um, thoroughly enjoyed this. Lots and lots of comments. Lots Good. of I'll engagement. Have, have a look. I, I'm not in your. I'm not allowed to see comments in your group. I'm like, <laughs> You're not. I can invite you into my group if you want to hang yeah, out. Well, it'd be good because I'd like to post about the course, etc. And obviously, if anybody wants to have a chat, and I'm a bit worried that I haven't seen one quiz come through yet. I've literally only gone onto a Microsoft Exchange account tonight, so it's like hopefully they're all sitting on the website. So if yeah. I if I haven't contacted people, or if they've asked for a consult and I haven't reached out to them by sort of like tomorrow or the next day. Just shout me because there's obviously something going wrong in my technicals. Oh. Crikey. Um, <laughs> Jody just said she's got £2,000 sitting in that pot. Go and put it into premium bonds. Pay it in. £2,000 sitting in what? In the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it doesn't not get all like damp when you have a shower. Go and pay it in and then put it into premium bonds and then you'll forget about it for a bit. What's it for, the £2,000? Emergencies emergencies peace of mind a pom pot okay yeah just honestly <laughs> yeah pain i'm going to look like this <laughs> what happens if you got burgled why did anything happen to it yeah my kids would like play with it and flush it down the loo or something yeah <laughs> strange place to put it in the bathroom i've never heard that <laughs> So there's definitely people doing the quiz. Uh, Lauren's done the quiz. Elizabeth's done the quiz, but hasn't got the results. Will it be emailed through? Should be. 
wish it would get emailed through to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort it out. If yeah. you don't hear back, then obviously just go. It's not very long, is it, to do the quiz? So you can always pop back and do minutes. it. Yeah. Six minutes to do the quiz. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's obviously it's a pet grooming group, but I've, I like to bring different things to the table and try and help people sort of explore their mindset and talk about money because a lot of us don't like talking about money, do we? And yeah, no. it's so important. Well, I've I've spoken to a number of your group already, and I know that there are already a few that are interested in the money, my money makeover. Mm. So I'll be reaching out to some of those that I've spoken to already, anyway. Yeah, so that's good. That's definitely we'll put all the links in there you know me I, like, I can talk about money all day and all night really I love it yeah everyone's saying how much they've enjoyed it and I'll invite you into the group so you can see the comments and that's respond. great thank you Bill yeah, thank right. you so much for helping me with promoting my work as well I really appreciate it no I mean it's just completely used, it's something different and it's very useful for everyone I, think, I believe so okay. alright take Lots care take care bye 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 everyone thank you for joining us <laughs> bye